Hi, it's Paul Ward here. In this episode, I had the opportunity to meet with Hillary Boynton, a.k.a. the Lunch Lady, in an open-air classroom at the Manzanita School located just outside Los Angeles. Hillary Boynton is not only the founder of the nutrition program at Manzanita, she is a mother of five, chef, coach, educator, and co-author of the best-selling book, The Heal Your Gut Cookbook. Hillary opens up about her own journey to approaching nutrition and wellness in a holistic way, the evolution of the Manzanita School's lunch program, and incorporating foods from around the world into the school program and her lifestyle. Hi, it's Paul Ward, and welcome to another edition of Farm Talk. I'm very excited today. We are in Topanga Canyon, California at the Manzanita School, and our very special guest is the founder of the School of Lunch program, Hilary Boynton, welcome to the show. Thank you, thanks for having me. Absolutely, and of course, we wanna thank our sponsors, Opus Escrow and The Money Store. So we're in, we're in Topanga Canyon, which is right outside the San Fernando Valley, kind of wedged in between the San Fernando Valley and Los Angeles and the Pacific Ocean, kind of in this little pocket of, of mountains. Yeah, yeah, is we're it? right between uh, Santa Monica and Malibu, mm -hmm. tucked away in these canyons and mountains here. It's quite beautiful. It really is this kind of magical little vortex of nature. So in, in the heart of Los Angeles, but right, you know, you're just surrounded by nature everywhere you look. So it, it's it, a special it's amazing. place to be in Los Angeles, yeah. yeah. And you wear uh, many hats here, uh, but I have to say, starting off, they call you the lunch lady. Is that, that's the correct? I guess, you know, it was sort of like I stepped in. I never thought I would become the lunch lady, but here I am, yes, mm -hmm. serving up food to kids, yeah. Wonderful. And the School of Lunch program, you started this about six years six years ago or so? Well, School of Lunch is our, our brand um, that we we developed about a couple, two years ago, but we've been doing the school lunch program for this is our sixth year, yes. So we branded ourselves because we're now um, not just in operations here at the Manzanita School, but we're doing training academies as well as consulting with schools and businesses, anybody really who wants to um, take things to the next level and raise the bar and feeding kids or their communities or just even themselves and their families. So, yeah. Great. So And so when I think of school lunch, I think of tater tots, uh, cheese pizza, maybe a slice of pepperoni if you're lucky, uh, an apple that gets thrown away, a carton of milk, maybe chocolate milk, um, mac and cheese, and that's what I think the of. The standard, yeah. And that's not what you're doing here. No, we're, we're so different, so very different. Um, really based on a health journey that I went on with my family um, about gosh, like 16 years ago. Well, it started way back um, in high school. I was like that kid that fell for fat free and went that way for about a decade and had stress fractures in my um, both femur bones and both tibia bones my senior year in high school. And I was a soccer player and mm -hmm. went on to play in college. And, um, and no one talked to me about diet. Mm -hmm. No one was like, let's look at what this girl's eating and why does she have stress fractures in, you know, four of her major bones. And then, um, but I just, you know, rested and kept going and then went on. It was really about after college, I uh, got married and at 25 and at 26 got pregnant and miscarried right away. Mm. And that was like sort of a... Um, a little bit of a wake-up call, but I was still sort of in that fat-free zone and, like, not really thinking about how I was nourishing myself. And I went on to have three years of infertility um, 
And again, no one really talked to me about diet. Mm -hmm. So I was like super sad. It was a very, very hard time in my life. And, um, and really wondering like, why was my body broken? And like, mm -hmm. why couldn't I hold a baby? I went on to have four miscarriages over the next three years. Wow. And so, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. It's very, very painful. And, um, and then I ended up doing fertility treatments and had triplets. Wow. So I was blessed with three babies, three years of infertility, <laughs> two boys and a girl. I was like, this is great, all done. And then like thought about having another baby and boom, got pregnant right away. And uh, boom, boom, had one, a fourth child and then a fifth child. So all of a sudden I had five babies under four. So had you changed your diet at Still point? hadn't changed my diet, but okay. sort of woke up to like organic and was like, if it said organic, then I was like, okay, I can feed them this, like mm -hmm. whether it was cereal or pirate booty or whatever, still processed packaged mm -hmm. foods and just really kind of not aware. And then my fourth baby had, he was really my impetus for change. He mm -hmm. was covered head to toe in eczema. Mm. And this is getting back to your question about the way, why we're feeding them differently uh, in a, I'm going, I'm scooting around you, but sure. um, he was covered head to toe. I had to pin him to my body in the middle of the night for two hours. It was just like I was exhausted. I had these five little babies um, and, you know, tried everything and then ended up putting him on Zyrtec twice a day and steroid cream. And I knew, like, in my heart that um, it was just a Band-Aid. Like, if I didn't put the steroid cream on, it would flare. And right. I was sort of just at my wit's end and ironically had stepped into trying to change the school lunches. This is back in Massachusetts mm -hmm. because I had stumbled upon the work of Alice Waters and Jamie Oliver oh, and yeah. was like, God, like kids need to have better food. Right. And this woman that was helping me had told me that her son had been healed of asthma with raw milk. And I was just like, what is raw milk? I had never heard of it. I had been drinking skim milk my whole life. And, um, and so I was like, whatever, I'll, I will try anything. I was so desperate. So I put him on raw milk and cod liver oil and he was completely healed in wow. like a matter of a couple months. It was just like mm -hmm. eye-opening, like, wow, real food just healed my child when every doctor said he'll probably have asthma, allergies, eczema. They just kind of go hand in hand. Maybe he'll grow it, maybe not, we don't know. So I just like dove in and learned a lot about um, the ancestral wisdom and traditional methods of cooking. And I stumbled upon that, well, this woman had told me about the Weston Price Foundation, which people can look that up, but it's really uh, based on this dentist's uh, excursion across the globe to non-industrialized pockets of people living and thriving free of disease. And he studied their diets. And they um, had uh, focused on nutrient density, of course, local, seasonal, but those fat-soluble vitamins, you know, that mm -hmm. are going to build the brain and build these beautiful, broad bone structure um, with, the, you know, they all perfectly straight teeth and no cavities and whatnot. So I was just like, okay, this nutrient-dense thing and this going back to the old ways is the way to go. And, um, and that's when um, I, well, you know, our health journey went on and on in that I had a daughter with epilepsy. I had several kids with speech delays, one with a head tick. Um, and then uh, we decided to dive into the GAPS diet, which we can go and, into later. And, and what yeah. is that? So the GAPS diet is the gut and psychology syndrome, so the gut-brain connection. So there's a lot of people don't realize that your health really um, begins in your gut. Mm. So your gut health is tied to your, your brain health, really. Mm -hmm. So the way we nourish ourselves is, um, is so, so important. Mm -hmm. And so we ventured into this special diet for, for two years. And at this point, I was teaching cooking classes out of my home and wanted to just shout from the rooftops that food is medicine and, you know, that you can heal and you don't have to be, get a diagnosis and think this is like, you know, your destiny and this right. is like how you're just going to survive living with these struggles. Um, so um, a woman in my 
in my cooking class is a photographer, was a photographer, still is, and she, Mary Brackett, and she said, she was also on the Gap site and said, we've got to write a cookbook about this, because there really wasn't anything that was like super beautiful and inspiring, and food is so, you know, visually appealing, and right. you know, you have to kind of bring people in and whatnot. So we ended up writing a cookbook um, designed for people to just like curl up in bed and be inspired that you can eat beautiful, delicious, nourishing foods and still heal. You don't have to be like going through this torturous thing. Um, so, so then we handed over the cookbook to be to the publisher and my husband at the time was diagnosed with cancer, with throat cancer. So that really elevated our whole journey sure. um, to health and really I say, um, one of the main reasons I'm so passionate about helping kids and helping people in general is that it's it's no way to live when you're chasing health, when you're, you spend all your time and all your money chasing health. Right. And, you know, you, we want these kids to be graduating from high school and pursuing pursuing their dreams and not trying to figure out what's wrong with them and sure. why they're, you know, bloating or have depression or they're anxious mm -hmm. and um, or diabetic. You know, there's just, there's answers through food. Right. So the, the book is The Heal Your Gut Cookbook, Nutrient-Dense Recipes for Intestinal Health Using the GAPS Diet. Yes. And yes. You're, you're making kind of old recipes new again and bringing in different cu cultures and lots of color and... I mean, I've been here at the school, and, and the kids are, of course, just really enjoying what you're feeding them. Yeah. Um, they're not throwing it away, like you see right. in you know traditional schools. What what is the what are the recipes? What what? How do you make that happen every every day? Yeah. Well, the recipes are really designed. I mean, so the Gaps Diet was created by a um, neurologist and a nutritionist who lives in England, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, and she healed her son of autism. So it's a really specific protocol of healing and se sealing your gut, so that you can eat. Um, you know, whatever you want, hopefully, you know, within, within reason. We don't want anybody eating complete junk, but right. the idea is that you're healthy and vibrant and strong, and so that if you do eat something that's, you know, not the best, that your body can handle that, and that's mm -hmm. the way it should be. Um, so the foods are really traditional in that they're all local and seasonal and um, made for maximum digestion and absorption of mm -hmm. nutrition. So a lot of foods have to be given a lot of effort and prep outside of the body so that you can easily digest them and absorb the nutrition on the inside. So for instance, like fermenting foods or soaking your nuts and seeds and grains and legumes, we make all of our own homemade sourdough bread with locally grown grains that are freshly milled here in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do a long ferment here at the school. Uh, so it's quite different from anything you'll see and you're attending on the grocery store shelves, yeah. And you're attending farmer's markets. You're, you're you're out doing the shopping, getting the best ingredients yeah. to bring back to the school. You're not having it, you know, delivered by a big corporate. No, yeah, that's where I think a lot of schools get, um, you know, they're kind of handcuffed in that they are de relying on these big, you know, Cisco's and the like to deliver processed packaged foods. And a lot of schools have just reheating kitchens now, so mm -hmm. they're not scratch cooking. And this is where we, um, when you scratch cook, you have you have full control over what goes into the food, right? right. There's, we're putting every ingredient into the foods that we're serving up. And we, so we're responsible for that. And we, we take that um, very seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, as chefs, we've worn uh, continuous blood glucose monitors, which is very cutting edge. Uh, they're coming out more and more now and being um, more uh, easily 
or readily available. They're a monitor that will monitor your blood glucose levels. So if we're feeding kids uh, foods that are going to spike their blood glucose levels all day long, like sugars and processed foods, you know that's that's obviously not good for their for their health. So as a chef, if I wear this monitor and I know in good conscience that I'm or I'm feeding kids junky food and I know mm. that it's spike what it's doing to them, how can I in good conscience feed that to them? Sure. So we, you know, we show up every day to keep these kids balanced and even and steady stream of en energy and we're educating the kids as they go through the line. You saw me today, like, you, know, you can't just have a piece of, although it's beautiful sourdough with raw butter, it's like right. that's not really a balanced meal, like have some protein and let's add in some salads and stuff. So um, it's, we're at a point in humanity really where I feel like you can't just drop off healthy foods to kids and expect them to eat it, which is really sad, but that's sure. where we are. So it takes those um, special relationships and the, the lunch leaders or the soul chefs, we call them school of lunch chefs, that are going to stand there day after day after day and tend to these kids and become that trusted resource and explain to them that this is, you know, that the animals that we um, that we're eating are from our, our favorite farmers and we look these farmers in the eye and we, we know their best practices and that the, these animals have been out in the sunshine and on mm -hmm. pasture and living a good life. And mm -hmm. it's really important for kids and parents to understand that because it's very confusing. And I was that kid that fell for the dietary dogma and trashed my health, you know. Sure. And so I, I can see it in some kids. You can become that kid that's really rigid mm -hmm. like I was and you know, and you just stick with a narrative mm -hmm. when really you have no idea how, you know, that your brain is developing and your muscles and your bone, like everything's happening at this age, right? So when you, what does your day look like at the school? I mean, if you're preparing everything from the scratch, you're not, again, just taking the processed, you know, English muffins out of the box. Yeah. What what is it what does it take to make that happen? You know, five days a week. Yeah. So it started out. Um, so after my my husband was diagnosed with cancer, we ended up moving to California from Massachusetts, and we stumbled upon this this school. It was thirty kids at the time, and someone said, "Oh, there's this great little nature-based school that started up." And I arrived here to just check it out. We're like, "Oh, cool. We'll go check it out." And the chef was like, "Oh, the kids just caught their own fish today, and we cooked it up." And then she told me she really wanted to roast a whole goat, and I was like, "Sold. I'm, we have to go here." Wow. So I, I, um, we got in, and then as the school grew, they outsourced the food because it just was unmanageable for one person. And that's sure. when I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't really align with what I signed up for or nature. It just wasn't driving. So I, I spoke to the head of school, and I got the job as the snack coordinator and consultant to the lunch lady. Um, at the time, and then I just went to the farmer's market, like you said, and I would get whatever I could, bright, fun, interesting things, and created this, like, scene at snack. Mm -hmm. And soon enough, the snack outshined the lunch program, and I was given the keys to the kitchen come Christmas time. Awesome. I was just like, let's just do this. Like, right. let's go. But I had only ever cooked really for my own family of seven. I've never spent to this day um, a day in a commercial kitchen. So to get those systems up and running to figure out how to feed these kids this way that I knew was really important um, day after day after day was super overwhelming. But I brought in, um, you know, chefs from my friend uh, and partner in School of Lunch, Chuck Barth. He runs Slow Food Ventura County. Mm -hmm. So he brought in my first uh, chef to help me out. She's still here today. And I really was just like boots but we've developed over the past six years, um, and, the, and the school has grown. We're now feeding about 175 people a day. So it's like, what I learned is that freedom is in the system. So I didn't know this at all. Just being a home cook, I'm kind of like off the cuff, whatever. But sure. 
Sunday <coughs> night, we're feeding the sourdough starter. For Mondays, making the dough, baking the bread at the end of the day. So Monday's a huge prep day for the, for the whole day. We're roasting our roast beef, we're roasting our turkey breast, we're preparing our, soaking our uh, garbanzo beans that are local from Larry Kandarian to go, or Coda Farms to go to um, be made into hummus the next day. We're prepping our homemade pestos, we're sprouting our almonds to make uh, uh, sprouted almond butters for the week. And then Tuesday's typically a chicken and rice. We're roasting all the chickens, pulling all the meat off the bones, turning the bones into a bone broth, Wednesday, we're again making more sourdough oh. to, for the third. Wednesday's usually like a composed, like a enchilada pie or a, a um, shepherd's pie or something that, you know, we can put together. And then Thursday's soup salad focaccia, so that bone broth is put into the soups on Thursdays. And then Wednesday, we're salting the meats, like a slow roasted uh, pork shoulder or chuck roll. We'll salt it on Wednesday, so it goes in the oven all day Thursday and slow roast so that Friday, all we have to do is pull the meat cook up some veg and salads and so it's kind of this like process. nice process this system that makes it so we can flow and the chefs mm -hmm. all get in the groove and we kind of you know know um know what we have to do to get to get it done that's amazing Let me switch it up and you here. brought in you brought in other cultures right chefs mm -hmm. from other cultures yeah so we have um <clears throat> that was one of the biggest things when i when i arrived in los angeles i was just like you know come from the small little colonial town in massachusetts to all of a sudden being in Los Angeles where there's just like this melting pot from around the world. Sure. I felt almost like uh, Weston Price who had traveled the world because I would run into people, you know, at the butcher shop, wherever I found somebody with an accent, I would like pull them over and be like, hey, can you tell me like how you ate growing up and were you ever sick? And across the board, everyone was just like, when I'd show them my cookbook, they said, this, these are the foods we ate growing up and we were never sick. And now we're seeing our children mm -hmm. and our grandchildren struggling with disease and we don't know what's happening. Right. But they're seeing, you know, they're, they're losing sight of their traditional um, ways, but it's hard. You know, they're in America where it's just about fast and convenience sure. and these, everyone's hot, taste buds are hijacked. And so I really set out on a mission to interview as many elders as I could to understand, you know, how they incorporated these foods um, in into their, their daily lives and we bring people into the to the school to talk to our chefs, to talk to the kids, to cook with us. Um, we had my friend Sandeep from Pure Indian Foods Ghee came from um, New Jersey and he makes the most beautiful homemade ghee. Mm. And we used like, oh my gosh, we used so much ghee here, it's beautiful, grass-fed ghee. And he came, we did a whole Indian day. And for folks that are listening that don't know, what what is ghee? Ghee is a clarified butter. So okay. basically all the milk solids are, are removed and it's just this beautiful. Fat, wow. yes. So it's got a high smoke point, and so we're getting again those fat-soluble vitamins into the kids. So it's great for building the brain, mm -hmm. uh, makes things taste good. Fat is one of those things. Going fat-free for so long, I mean, I, I didn't realize how much flavor fat brings. Right? Sure. It's so so delicious. So, mm -hmm. um, and then we also have chefs who uh, we have a lot of. Um, Persians in our kitchen. So uh, one of our chefs is from Iran and her mom came. We did a whole Persian day. Another chef is from Brazil and her mom just came to check it all out. She's going to come back and do a Brazilian day. Very so we're cool. really about exposing the kids to as much, you know, joy that comes from sitting and, and nourishing yourselves. So with, it's almost like community. a, it's almost like a social studies class through, through food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not just and reading just, about Brazil or Iran or, right. you know, wherever the chef is from, they're yeah. experiencing it. Yeah, it's very cool. And um, awesome. and, the, and the fact that they're all 
participating in it, right? And they're mm -hmm. trying new things and then they're watching their peers try new things and we're encouraging them. We want this to become normal for them, that this way of eating is normalized. I mean, we're feeding kids K through 12. Mm -hmm. And I think kindergarten has been here, K-1-2, for the last two years, two or three. Mm -hmm. And it's it's huge to have the kids when they're that little. Because the first couple weeks, they're like, eh, sure. like, this doesn't look familiar, and <laughs> I don't think I want that. We have some tears, you know, and I'm like, to the parents, to the teachers, like, give me two weeks with them. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to make it fun. Like, you have sure. to be dancing, and they have to trust you and love you, and you get them to just try a little bite. Because they're used bite. to tater tots and peanut totally, butter and jelly, right? Totally, scary with for the them crust, sometimes. With the crust cut off. But it becomes totally normal. And then, you know, we want these kids, like, I don't think most people know what it feels like to feel good. Mm -hmm. So if all of a sudden you're you're truly nourished and satisfied, like we don't do dessert here mm -hmm. ever really. Maybe mm -hmm. if we have um, a bumper crop of apples, we'll make an applesauce or plum, you know, stewed down plums with a little raw cream on top, but they don't need it. They're right. satisfied, right? right? So people think, oh, you gotta have dessert, but it's like we're, we focus savory over sweet and our goal is to just keep them steady and, mm -hmm. and nourished. So, so they're not crashing at 10.30 in the morning. Exactly. Right? They ate their exactly. Captain Crunch and now the sugar high is Yeah, is so gone. that's where we bring the parents in once a month for parents at lunch and that's where it's actually really cool what I've recognized that this is a true bottom-up approach is that mm -hmm. the kids are the first in the door and then they're like you know they're starting to eat it and they're going home and saying like mom can you make ginger carrot fermented ginger carrots or can you make sourdough or miss hillary's broccoli is better than your broccoli or whatever it is you know the parents are like what's going on at that school right. so we had a couple parents last year of first graders come to our training academy one of them now works in our kitchen a couple times a week so it's like they they go home and then the parents come for lunch once a month and get exposed to what we're doing we expose mm -hmm. them to our local farmers and they get to sit down and eat this beautiful food and then you know hopefully it infuses into the home kitchen and becomes a way of life and they're sure. connected to and the you, local And you've started system. a training academy, correct? You're running yes. that once yeah, or twice a year? We're in our fourth year now of doing week-long intensives in Topanga Canyon here at a retreat center where we basically just we, people come from all over the country. You don't have to aspire to be a lunch lady in your kid's school. You sure. can just want to learn for yourself. We're actually, it's really exciting. We're getting a lot of 20-somethings, too, that are, mm -hmm. like, figuring out that, you know, they don't feel well or they recognize how, you know, messed up the, the food system is and there has to be a better way. Or they're um, studying to be registered di dietitians. And there's a whole movement now of real food mm -hmm. registered dietitians who have come through and done internships at our kitchen um, or come to the training academy. So we immerse them in nature, connect them to nature, connect them to themselves, their community, the local food system. We run them down to the farmer's markets. Um, last year we went to Apricot Lane Farm and had a tour of their farm mm -hmm. and cooked in their test kitchen. Um, so it's like, it's super transformative in that you're, and then you're getting your hands on kind of making a bone broth or ferments or raw dairy and we have special specialists come in like Mark McAfee who owns Organic Pastures Raw Raw Farms by Organic Pastures which is the raw dairy. Mm -hmm. He comes and does a whole lecture to talk about what is raw dairy because you know like like I did not know at all so a lot of people it's super super brand new. Sure. So um, but once you start to just dip your toes in the water. It's just like it's liberating to understand the power of food and, and that we do have agency over our own health and that we don't have to live in fear. And that when you, when you build a healthy immune system, you, you know, can go out and do whatever you want, right? That's awesome. And yeah. I would think that for the students, the kids too, who are eating such healthy food, it's almost like a, you know, biology, botany class at the same time. And they're growing a lot of their own 
fruits and vegetables. Yeah, yeah. the kids um, actually, when my kids were in eighth grade, at my triplets, they were, they're now 19, but they started a farm right down here where we, I went to Larry Kandarian, who's my friend at the Santa Monica Farmer's Market. Well, he goes to several, but I see him there. He's up in Los Osos, beautiful mm -hmm. man, beautiful farm. He gave us some bell beans that we used as a cover crop. This was just like hard pack, just like this driveway. Mm -hmm. right. And now it's this beautiful flourishing garden and apricot lane. Farms mentored us on uh, compost teas and, and whatnot. And so the kids, they really um, were a no waste kitchen as well. So we compost everything. We really pride ourselves on not wasting all this beautiful food. And we, we talk to the kids about that too. Like take what you, you know, take what you want and you can always come back for, for seconds. Like we don't want to have a big, you know, bunch of waste. We're right. so blessed to have the, this food so um, so yeah they've now they just delivered today some fresh uh, Swiss chard and some carrots and some kale and so it's so super special when they can walk through the line and we're like you guys grew this like you have to try it and then of course they're like okay you know and and they try it and and they that kind of closed loop comes full circle for them which that's, is cool to that's, see that's awesome and you're also making the program expandable so it's you're working with other lunch ladies yeah. and other people throughout yeah, the country what, to kind of get the word out on what can be done throughout the country. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, I can't change a million schools, but I sure. can train a million people, I feel like. You know, mm -hmm. that's where, like, I can't go in and fix all the problems that every school has, but the people like me that are passionate about their community and their school where their children go, or their YMCA, or just whatever they want to, you know, step in and try and make it make a difference or wherever, um, they can. What was your question? I don't want to go uh, around about... Uh, expanding into Oh, other expanding. Areas. So, yes. So, we, um, we usually tell schools, of course, we'll consult with them. That's a big part of what we do. But we love to have them send a chef or two from their... Um, communities so that we can really infuse again those those principles so we've had people from chefs come from Miami from this year we have from Boston we had um, from Arizona California down Laguna Beach mm -hmm. um, Texas so it's really cool that people are starting to implement you know the same program and systems that's into, awesome yeah and hopefully it, you know takes off and you know that becomes the new normal not just junk and yeah. processed foods. Yeah, I think we're really at a point where it has to it has to change. You know, we have over I would say 60% of our kids with a chronic illness and 90% of our population is metabolically unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So it's like what we're doing is all not food, all food working. related. Food related, right? So like prevention, I was talking to you before like what my family went through, you know, for 15, 20 years, and sometimes, you know, we're still in it. You know, disease is, 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 can be long-term, and when kids are struggling, it's so painful as a mom to watch that. And so if I can prevent, all of these mm -hmm. things I know are so preventable. Right. I mean, so much of it. And to see kids on lots of medications at such a young age, it's like you don't, like my son with eczema, you don't have to be given a diagnosis and think that this is it. Food is really magical in the way that... Um, I mean, in two months, he was completely healed. Now he's 16 and has no asthma, no allergies, no eczema. That's amazing. So. I want to read a quote from your book. Um, this is from Sally Fallon Morell from the Weston Price Foundation. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you think healing diet means renunciation of delicious foods, you are in for a surprise. The Heal Your Gut cookbook shows that you can enjoy every morsel while your body recovers from a lifetime of nutrient deficiencies and processed food. It is a wonderful contribution to the literature on the topic. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was kind of a good overall summation yeah. of what you've, you know, put together in the book and of course 
you know, here at the school. Yeah, oh, thank you. Well, I feel like we're overfed and undernourished. You know, we mm -hmm. have access to so much, and um, but we're really eating empty calories that are not satiating us and not supplying the, the adequate nutrition that we need to thrive and to build muscles and brains and all that and to become healthy, um, conscious, connected humans, right? Yeah. So we have to deal with that. We, I think we need to really accept where we are and step into the work. I think that, like I say with my book, the hardest part about this, you know, special healing protocol is deciding to do it. Because mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, if you think too much about it, you're like, this is going to be hard. But life is hard, right? right? But there's nothing more rewarding than having your health. You're rich, rich, rich when you have your health. When you don't have your health, you have nothing. That's true. You, you know? can't really do anything. All the money in the world doesn't give you your health back. And, yep. um, and so, you know, these if we can, our children really are our most precious resource. And it is such a beautiful thing to work in, in purpose every day to change, you know, hopefully the trajectory of their health. If we're feeding them, we have their stomachs for six hours a day. 30% <laughs> of their meals are right, right. here. That's awesome. So that's a huge opportunity to really lay that foundation and, and give them, you know, a launching pad to mm -hmm. go out with the knowledge to... And then they go home and say, Mom, why don't you cook like this? <laughs> <Yeah>. Knowledge lady. <laughs> well, one kid was, went home, he's like, you know, I had the most delicious fennel today. You know, he's in kindergarten. The mom's like, what? You know, so it's it just cool to, you know, they don't, most kids don't have, even if we're just giving them the vocabulary of like raw dairy or kefir, or like today they're doing beet kvass shots. You know, I'm like wow. telling them like, this is a, a blood cleanser, a liver tonic, like, and they're just like, cool, let's do it. You know, or I'll bring out um, one of our, um, companies that we support, Macienda, which is right here in LA, they're doing amazing work. They're sourcing corn from Oaxaca because most of the corn in the United States is not so great. Right. So um, beautiful nixtamalized corn. And um, they also have hibiscus and beans as well, but they have these chiquitanas, which are flying ants that are um, dried and seasoned. And so really? I'll just bring those out. I'm Dry like, who ants. wants to try a flying ant? You know, the kids are like, okay. You know, and then all of a sudden, like the whole fifth grade class is like, you know, downing these. But they're you know, filled with K vitamin K2, and sure. so it's just making it fun, that's and that's awesome. what really needs to happen. I say we're we're joyfully, I just added the joyfully, because Chuck always says, my partner says, you know, we're making a joyful noise, and I said we're joyfully disrupting the trend of chronic illness in this next generation of kids. That's you have awesome. to make it fun, right? Otherwise, it, it can be a slog. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's got to be fun. And the gratitude. The kids are so gracious, and they really, and we train them with that, too. You know, look your look your servers in the eye. These chefs worked really hard, and give them a please and a thank you, and mm -hmm. show that gratitude. So it's just, you know, we're trying to build better humans. That's wonderful. So, Hilary Boynton, thank you so much for being our special guest on this edition of Farm Talk. We've loved having you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you spreading the word and and, um, and and spreading our message. It's really important and we appreciate it. Absolutely. We will get the word out as much as we can. Absolutely. Great. And of course, we want to thank our sponsors, Opus Escrow and The Money Store. And be sure to tune in next time for another edition of Farm Talk. Mm -hmm.